After the Barshamda passed away, the Shvuas, the following year, all of the Chavrai Kadisha, all of the um, Holy Brotherhood of the Barshamta gathered together, and they were led at that time by the Barshamta's son, Reb Tzvi. But, but, but Tzvi wasn't strong enough to lead the Hasidim at the time, especially because it was an incredible opposition. And so at this gathering, which was the first anniversary of the passing of the Baal Shem Tov, the, um, the, the Baal Shem Tov's son of Tzvi got up and he said that uh, his father had visited him and his father said that the Palmaya Kadisha, that the heavenly angels have moved away and they've gone to Reber. They've gone to the Valshantiv's successor, the Mizitcha Magid. Mizitcha Magid was then sitting together with all the students of the Valshantiv, and he wasn't sitting as a as a leader of them because Rabbi Tzvi, son, was then the leader. But as soon as the Rabbi Tzvi announced that his father was by him, his father said that the leadership has moved over to Reber, and more than not just the leadership, but that. The, all the angels from Maya Shamayo, the heavenly abode, has moved to Raber to Mizrich, and he he got up, and he took off his uh, cloak that he wore as that's, that that um, was emblematic of his leadership, and Reb, the Mizritch Magid also got up, and they exchanged their garments. At that time, the Mizritch Magid, then as his first. Gathering with the Hasidim, he said to them um, that the Baal Shem Tev had a question that he would ask his students, and he wants to ask this question now. And the question he wants to ask is, What do you remember? And at that time, the Magid asked each of the students of the Baal Shem Tev, at the, of the Chavrai Kadisha, the Holy Brotherhood, What do you remember? And each of them shared what they remembered, and some of them needed to understand things that they saw by the Baal Shem, they didn't know what it meant, but they, that was a question that the Baal Shem would ask, and the Alter Rebbe who succeeded Zishamagid, he also would ask this question. The question the previous Rebbe said is an important question, it's a question which gives us life, and the previous Rebbe described that the true meaning of life is life that goes on without any interruption. Real, the real meaning of life is not that just that you are are um, uh, moving around and you have, you're animated. Life means a life according to Torah, an infinite life, the true meaning of life. And this is achieved through this question, what do you remember? I think perhaps what the previous step is referring to is that through the things that we have absorbed and learned in our lives by divine providence, through those events and remembering them, we are able to, uh, through remembering the past, we're able to live where we are and go into our future. The Alter Rebbe, when he first visited the Mzitcha Magid, uh, he decided he's going to be a Misharis. He's going to be someone who, who serves the Magid and uh, as an attendant and helps him in his home. It was a Shana Rabbah, 
and the Altarebbe was by the Mzitsha Magid, and Mzitsha Magid told the Altarebbe, don't get too excited. He used more uh, sophisticated Hasidic words for this. Don't be in Makif, be in Pnimi, internalize what's going on. He said, the Holy Baal Shantiv is going to come. And the Altarebbe at that time was able to see face to face the, the Baal Shantiv. He's able to see Baal Shantiv, not, not just in a dream, not just a vision, be able to see the Baal Shantiv face to face. And a hundred years later, Deb Marash gathered his children together and he told them, this is, today is a hundred years from the time that the Alter Rebbe saw the Baal Shem Tev Bahakets awake. So the, uh, the Alter Rebbe said that being by his teacher, Zitcha Magid, he saw such a revelation of godliness. And he, and he described what he means. He said that there was one time Blagitz of Berdichev is known for his miracles, is known, he's known for his piety. He's not as well known for his scholarship, but he had incredible scholarship. He was very, very deep. There was one time that the, the Blagitz of Berdichev uh, was teaching Torah to the Chabrai Kaddish of the Holy Brotherhood, and he gave a teaching on Shuas on the verse, God rides on a um, cloud. And whatever that verse means, Rebbeinu Tzibaditchev gave a teaching, a very deep teaching, and the word Av in Hebrew has is numerical equivalent to seventy-two, and Kal, which means light, is equal to one hundred and thirty. So the Alter Rebbe said that Rebbeinu Tzibaditchev asked seventy-two questions, and he gave one hundred and thirty answers. And I think he wrote the Alter Rebbe wrote down all all this. I think it took him four hundred pages to write down the entire teaching of Rebbeinu Tzibaditchev. However, the Alter Rebbe said, that's only the teachings of Rebbe Levitz Meditchev. But what he saw by the Meditchev Magid, the revelation of Galius that he experienced being by the Meditchev Magid is a whole different thing. And that's something that the Alter Rebbe said exists in every generation, the Tzadik generation, there's a revelation of Galius. On that note, uh, this week, there was a new discovery of a talk of the Rebbe that was never before published. It was a recording that was by Kharak of Sun somehow didn't uh, publish it until now, didn't have it, didn't find it. And he published, and I tried to uh, listen to it myself, and the recording wasn't that great. And I only was able to, to uh, glean one, one teaching, which I think is a very powerful one. The teaching is, the Rebbe said to a group of yeshiva students, he said to them that the first mitzvah in the Torah is that one Jew has to create another Jew. In other words, one second. Speaking of one Jew creating another Jew, let's say L'chaim to David Isser has just joined us. David Baruch Hashem and his wife are blessed with a brand new baby boy soldier in the army of Hashem. L'chaim David. So ois vaksin l'teiro chup ma'isim teivim. L'chaim. David Baruch Hashem, he won't miss the story. He's just, he's a new father. Baruch Hashem, and he is here again for the story. You got no excuse, man. Wow. Anyways, so, uh, David, from the kinder, and together with your wife, prosperity and nachas and tobias hamashiach l'chaim. David has a schus, is a merit of of uh, putting all the Facebook lives onto YouTube and to transmitting them around the world. Thank you, David. Anyways, getting back to the teaching that I was about to share with you, that was just published from the Rebbe, that was never published before. 
Rebbe has told a group of students that the first mitzvah in the Torah is that one Jew has to create another Jew. The mitzvah being fruitful and multiply. But the Rebbe explained that this mitzvah is not just about biological children. This mitzvah is also about creating another Jew, about inspiring another Jew. Like, like, it sounds similar to what the Gemara says that the uh, children of Aaron are also called the children of Moshe. Why they call the children of Moshe? Because Moshe taught them Torah. If you teach someone Torah, it's like you fathered them. If you taught someone Torah, they're like your child. So the author, the Rebbe said that the first mitzvah is that one Jew has to create another Jew. Then the Rebbe said, and in them state, and this comprises your connection to the Rebbe, the leader of our generation. In other words, your, in your efforts to inspire the Jews, that's how you have a connection. That's what I've told this group of yeshiva students. Tonight is the yard site of a good friend of mine, al Shalom. His name was Michael Ari. Uh, his Hebrew name is Yehuda ben Shlomo. I want to dedicate this to him as well. I want to share uh, three more stories. Um, the first is a story that I shared, with, shared to Mike and Mike's response, and then another story of our Rebbe. The... Um, Rebbe's emissary, uh, who, who was in, served in Crimea, he served Rebbe in Alabama, his name was, is Rabbi Lipschitz, Eingezund. He shared to me personally, I heard the story from directly, and I shared this with Mike, how he was in um, Alabama, and he was, he was visiting a prison in Alabama for Yom Kippur. And it was a really um, hard thing to do because he was the cantor, he was the rabbi, and he had stayed in the prison the entire Yom Kippur. So besides the, the you know the pressures of Yom Kippur as it is, in addition to that, he had to uh, he had to like after doing all the prayers and everything, these prisoners are now have you know someone from the outside they want to talk to and learn from and Yom Kippur. So he like spent the whole Yom Kippur talking and talking to these prisoners, these inmates, and the end of Yom Kippur is the last prayers in the Ila. And before the Ila begins, Rabbi Lifshitz tells the inmates, he says, well, this is the time when God seals what's going to happen to us for the rest of the year. And we want God to give us a good sweet year. And good has no limits. So it's always possible to increase the goodness and blessing that God has decided for us. Let's decide together to add in one more mitzvah. And the merit of this mitzvah, God will bless us to have an even better year than what was planned originally. That's the side to one mitzvah. That's what Rabbi Lipschitz said. Rabbi Lipschitz says this, and he begins in the Ila. He begins in the Ila, and after the Ila is over, the evening service and Kiddush Levana, and after this whole thing, uh, he cleans up, and one of the inmates goes over to him after, um, after the service is over, and he says, Rabbi, I need help with my mitzvah. What's your mitzvah? The mitzvah I chose was to um, keep Shabbos. Keep Shabbat. I don't really know what a mitzvah really is. I figure a mitzvah is like a good deed. And I figure Shabbos is a good deed. And it's, maybe that's a mitzvah. So I want, you, I want, my help, I want your help in, in, in uh, keeping Shabbos. Can you please help me keep Shabbos? So Rabbi Lifshitz says, you know, that's a pretty big mitzvah. Are you sure you want to do that one? And he's like, Rabbi, I just spoke to God and Yom Kippur and I made this decision for this mitzvah and that's the mitzvah I chose. Is, is it, isn't it a mitzvah? Elisha's like, no, I don't want to discourage you. You, made, you decided to keep this mitzvah. That mitzvah that's for sure a mitzvah. Shabbos is definitely a mitzvah. But it's just a very um, detailed mitzvah. 
There's a lot of, it's, and you need to learn a lot to keep this mitzvah. He says, Rabbi, I'm ready. What do I need to learn? This story took place several decades ago. Now, Baruch Hashem, there are tremendous um, work, books and videos and lectures explaining the beauty of Shabbat. But at that time, when this, when this story took place, it was only these books that came out of Lakewood, these pink and yellow books that had... Hal- I remember these books that came out. They, they, they had the, the minutia, all the halachas, all the laws of, um, of, of Shabbos. And it wasn't something that someone who was unfamiliar with Shabbos would be inspired by. Like, if you, the book would discuss... Uh, the books discuss about the laws of Muktza, uh, our peanut shell, shells, Muktza, like peanut shells on Shabbos, eggshells. That's the kind of book that was very, very detailed. Elipschitz had no other book to give this guy in English about Shabbos. So he gave him a book or two of this style, the pink and yellow books, about uh, how to keep Shabbos. Elipschitz leaves the, the prison and he, has to, he went on a trip somewhere. He came back several weeks later and he has a weekly class with all the inmates. And this uh, inmate who had taken this uh, this, he made this decision to um, give Shabbos, he's not there. So he asked the other inmates, where is Yaakov? Where is Jack? Inmates like, don't you know, Rabbi? We figured you'd be the first for it one to know. He said, what do you mean? He said, Jack got your book. In the book, it said that if all the Jewish people keep Shabbat twice, two times, they'll be redeemed from exile. The Mashiach will come, they'll be redeemed. So Jack figured if all the Jewish people will be redeemed, if all the Jewish people keep Shabbat twice, if he keeps Shabbat twice, he'll be released from prison. That's what Jack figured. So he took the book and he didn't do anything else but study this book. And he kept Shabbat as best as he knew one time and then a second time. And right after the second Shabbos, immediately after the second Shabbos, he was informed that he was released from prison. Rabbi Lipschitz shared the story with me personally, and I shared the story with my friend Mike Lari, and Mike told me the same thing happened to him. What happened to him? Mike said that when he was in prison, he was, it was Hanukkah time, and he, was, he wanted to light the menorah, and if I remember correctly, there was an um, area where the officers were, and the area where the inmates were, and in order to light the fire, the officer they wanted to light the fire in the area of the inmates were because all these precautions about lighting the fire. And so he told Mike he has to go with him to the other section where the officers are, not where the inmates are. So Mike said, fine. He goes there, he lights the menorah, and no sooner than he says the bracha and he lights the menorah, also he was informed that he is free to go from prison. Now, I don't know the details of what the official reason why in both stories, why Mike was freed from prison and why the other person was freed from prison, all I know is that it was something which was completely unexpected. It was a miracle of God. I'm sure there was some kind of natural explanation of why this happened then, but this was just exactly as the story took place, as I heard it from Mike and as I heard it from Al Vasham and I heard it from Zainazan. On that note, I want to share with you one more story. The story is from Rabbi um, Arndov Halprin. Rabbi Halperin was um, traveling from Los Angeles to New York, and he was trying to. Um, uh, there weren't really there wasn't really a flight available, but he managed to get some kind of connecting flight to Salt Lake City, 
And he thought that he wouldn't be able to get the connection because the flight was full, but he was on standby. In the last minute, right before the flight takes off, they announce Rabbi Halpern, Aaron Halpern, come, uh, there's a suit, and he comes and he goes on the flight. He's on the flight, and he hears someone say in Hebrew, Erev Tov. Wow, divine providence. He's in this long trip to New York. He has someone in Salt Lake City, no less, out of, out, of, out of all places in the world, there's someone who's speaking Hebrew to him. Wow, it's interesting, because Salt Lake City is not really known as a city of, of, of Israelis, of Jews, and uh, it's, it's, here's this guy who speaks Hebrew. Oh, wow. Are you, also trying to, are you also coming from Los Angeles? He says, no, I'm from Salt Lake City. Oh, what do you do in Salt Lake City? He says, I'm a missionary. His Jew's name is Yosef, Yossi. Yeah, in the early 80s, there was a great effort in Israel, in Yushalayim, that the Mormons uh, did in, to missionize and to bring many Jews, unfortunately, to become Mormons. And unfortunately, Yosef, Yossi, was ensnared by the, these missionaries, and he, and he, um, he became a Mormon. And not only did he become a Mormon, he became a missionary. And he tried to talk to Rabbi Halpern and talk to him about JC and why he should believe in JC. And Rabbi Halpern's like, listen, I don't want to hear about this. So Yossi says right away, the Mormon familiar um, refrain is, oh, are you so weak about your beliefs that you're unable to entertain others? Don't you know that um, uh, the whole Christianity comes from the Jewish people? Why wouldn't you have the, the integrity to at least learn about another faith so you could measure and see if it has anything, any merit? So Rabbi Halpern said, because the Torah says that we're not allowed to study about, about idolatry. I don't want to contaminate my ears and my mind hearing anything about idolatry. So the cut the conversation pretty short. Rabbi Yossi tried to still talk about it, but he wasn't interested. Then we hopped had this idea. The idea was he wanted to hear from Yossi about the methods that the uh, Mormons use to missionize. And perhaps that way he'll be able to um, protect other people that, that the Mormons will try to ensnare in Israel when he goes back to Israel. So Yossi wasn't foolish. Yossi told him just some generic things that everybody knows. He didn't tell him any, any, like, any, any uh, top secret Mormon information. And uh, the conversation continues back and forth, and they arrive in New York. The surprising thing was, at the end of the conversation, Yossi says, Hey, um, do you know the Lubavitch Rebbe? He says, Yes. He says, I heard the Rebbe gives out dollars on Sunday. Is it possible that I could go see him? And Abbe Halpern's like thinking, What should I tell this guy? On the one hand, he's thinking, Well, this guy is, is, is a Mormon, he's a missionary. And it's, it's, it's unbecoming that I should bring someone like this who's going to say all kinds of foolish things to the Rebbe and waste the Rebbe's time and, and, and you know, just, just, just act in a... It's, it's not, I shouldn't do this. On the other end, he's thinking, this guy is Jewish, Yossi is Jewish, and this is his chance to connect to God in a way that he'll never have. I shouldn't stand in his way. He wasn't sure which self was correct. But he decided in the latter. He said, yeah, I'm going to the Rebbe tomorrow. The Rebbe goes out dollars every Sunday. I'm going to go. You can come with me. Yossi meets him on this, by the subway in Kingston Avenue Station. They go together online to dollars. And he says, listen, I'm taking you to the Rebbe, but the condition is you cannot say anything foolish. Don't say anything foolish. Don't talk about you know, other, other religions and other stuff. You 
just came here to get a blessing, getting a blessing, that's it. Sister says, fine, fine, no problem. They come to the Rebbe. First, uh, the first Yassi comes for the Rebbe. He tells the Rebbe, I am a Mormon. And immediately, the Rebbe says, you are a Jew, and you have to live a Jewish life, and you have to live the way a Jew is meant to live, because you are a Jew. The Rebbe says it several times, you're a Jew. And Yossi tries to cut into the Rebbe, no, I'm a Mormon, I'm, I'm, and the Rebbe says, you're a Jew. And he gives him a blessing for good news, and they give him a blessing to influence his surroundings as well. He tried to continue talking, and then the yeshiva students who um, were working in the uh, on the line, make sure the lines flow smoothly, they pushed him along, and that was the end of his encounter with Rebbe. Rebbe Hoppen goes by, the Rebbe gives him a blessing, another dollar for, he was he's the editor of the Kwarach magazine, they gave him a blessing for the Kwarach magazine, another dollar for good news. All right. He goes out, he's very upset at Yossi. He's Yossi, we had a deal, you said you're not going to miss us, you just want to come by for a blessing, Why'd you do that? Why'd you come even? As he said, I thought your Rebbe was more understanding. I thought I could have a conversation with him. I thought he was more intellectual. Yossi, it's, 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 he just started yelling at him. Yossi yelled back. And Rabbi Hoppin said, listen, let's do this. We don't agree about this, but let's stay in touch. Give me your number. Give me your address. Let's stay in touch. Let's see where this goes. He says, listen, I'm not interested in anything. The only thing I'm interested in is, is the blessing your Rebbe gave me to inspire and influence my surroundings. Boy, am I going to do that. I'm not interested in living like a Jew, but I'm going to influence my surroundings. I'm going to be a good missionary, and I'm going to inspire all, 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 as many Jews as I can to become Mormons. That's what Yossi said. Rabbi Halperin was not in touch with him, never met him again. However, Rabbi Halperin said many years later, he met someone from the Kolel, the Hasidic Kolel here in Los Angeles, who told him that he had met Yossi, who Yossi was a, uh, had become, he said, Yossi told, told him a story. He said, Yossi, I said, told, said I was a Mormon. I went to the Babacher Rebbe, and Nebuchadnezzar told, told me I'm a Jew. And that, those thoughts, he said, didn't leave me any rest. And maybe, I was always thinking, I'm, 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 I just, just the encounter, the holiness of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe's words somehow touched his soul, and didn't let him stay the way he was before. And he, not only did he return to Judaism, but he became someone who, as Rebbe said, to influence his surroundings. And that's what he dedicated his life to, to inspiring others to be closer to their heritage as well, closer to their Judaism. He went from being a Mormon missionary to not only being living as a Jew, but helping other Jews discover their connection to their Judaism. Anyways, as we begin the week of Parshas Lech Lecha, we just read in Hayom Yom this week, that Avram Avinu, like all tzaddikim, they know where they're meant to go. Avram goes on his journey this week. He knows where he's meant to go. He knows what his mission is. He knows what souls he has to meet, what sparks of godliness he needs to elevate. That's what, that's what Avram knows. And therefore he goes to the various places he needs to go to, to to fulfill his mission. However, we aren't privy to our divine destiny and mission. Instead, we just go where we think we need to go. And because of those things that we need to do, we discover the divine intent that God has for us. We've, we have to be conscious of the rule of divine providence. The Rebbe writes in Yom Yom, just like when Abraham went on his journeys and he traveled out of his homeland to go to Israel, so to every Jew is on a journey. And their journey is about elevating and perfecting the world. And because of this, this God guides us, and so what that means practically is 
I think I have to go fix my tire. And therefore, I go to a, some, some mechanic. And that's what I think. So I don't know why I'm going where I'm going. I have my reason why I think where I'm, why I'm going where I'm going. But really, God has his intent. God prepares the step of, steps of men, as it says in the Torah, um, uh, that God prepares our steps and he guides us where we need to go. And we have to be conscious that just like God sent Abraham, Abraham on his journey to publicize godliness, so to wherever we go, we have to dedicate ourselves to share and to promote and to reveal God's presence wherever we go until God, with this mission, is Rosh Hashem already at the end of this mission, ready to go back to Eretz Yisrael with all the Jewish people to come to the Mashiach. As the Rebbe said so many times, so very clearly, that we're at the end of the exile. It's now time for all of us to return to Israel with Mashiach. And we see this happen tonight. L'chaim, l'chaim, v'racha. Agut Any questions or comments? All right. Agut avach, afrei l'chavach.